You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to podcast number 300. I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Wow. We hit number 300. How about that? Great show for you today. We're talking with one of my favorite guests, television critic at EW.com. Kristen Baldwin is on the show today. We talk Nate. We talk Bachelorette. We talk Big Brother. We talk my obsession with game shows and, of course, my obsession with Cobra Kai Season 5 coming out on September 9th. We will get to that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One thing I do want to mention that I totally blanked on mentioning in my daily roundup, which is up about posted about an hour ago. You can check that out on the Reality Steve podcast feed. Today is August 18th. Today is four years. Four years ago, I adopted my dog, Luca. It is crazy to think I've had her four years now. Man, time just flies by. And we're in interesting times right now because I think she notices that I'm not walking right now and I'm taking a scooter every time I get up and go to another room. She sniffs the scooter. She kind of sometimes doesn't get out of the way. And even though she sees it rolling towards her, sometimes I have to say her name to be like, hey, you know, you might want to move. I don't want to run you over. But I mean, she's been so good. And yes, she gets a little rambunctious when there's company because she doesn't get a lot of company that comes over to see her and she just loves attention. And it's, it's like a, um, it's a catch 22 when guests come over and she's all over them because she's super nice. She just wants to be pet. The problem is when you pet her and stop petting her, she jumps on you more and doesn't let you go. And it's like, there's no end. It literally takes a good 10 to 15 minutes before she completely calms down. And, you know, like I said, she only really does that to my family. I don't have many guests here at all. The only person that's ever met Luca in terms of outside of my family life was Kat, my ex-girlfriend. That's it. No one else has met her outside of my family. And one of my dad's friends who's kind of been helping 
this past week since my Achilles surgery, helping put together these um, bikes because I'm the least handy person in the world. Speaking of bikes, my new scooter is officially put together. I absolutely love it. I'm telling you right now, if you have a below-the-knee injury to where you can't put any pressure on your foot, whether it's a broken foot, a broken ankle, or torn ligaments in your ankle, or what I have, an Achilles tear, go to, and this isn't even any sort of promotion. I don't have any sort of business with them, but I really love this scooter that I have. Go to kneerover.com, and I would suggest investing the money into a good scooter, not the basic ones that you can get on Amazon. You can get them for 150 bucks on Amazon, but they're a little more wobbly, and they're a little more not as safe. I fell a couple times. I was able to catch myself, but this one, all-terrain wheels, shocks, yeah, you go over a bump, you're not going to fall and because the shock is going to absorb it. But it's just, it's great. I, I, I'm so glad I've got an actual real scooter, and especially with my Vegas trip next month, for sure this will be much easier getting around a casino floor because I would have fallen on the other one for sure. This is, like I said, it's got real wheels on it. So kneerover.com is the name of the website. And it's not like you have to get this one. There's like six or eight different ones that they have, but that's the site if you have an injury where you have to stay off your foot for a while and you're going to need a, uh, a knee walker or a knee scooter. Also, in this podcast, I mentioned it on the Daily Roundup today, but also want to mention it on this. We obviously, I recorded with Kristen two days ago on Tuesday. Did you see this? And this is regarding Big Brother, which we talk about, and we talk about Kyle and Alyssa a little bit on the podcast today. But did you see this clip from the live feeds? I didn't I don't follow the live feed, so and Kristen knows this, but she sent me a she texted me a clip last night and she's like, Oh my gosh, did you see this? I'm like, No, what was it? And it's about a minute clip, which looks like it was just after sex between Kyle and Alyssa. It's post coital. She's laying in the bed, he's kind of off camera, but kind of in camera focus, literally putting on clothes. And he's talking to her, and his quote is to her, you can hear it in the video. But I'm reading it because it was in a tweet. We just had sexual intercourse for 10 seconds. Sorry, I'm not lasting very long. I'm not very good at sex, but I like you and I like having sex with you. If you want to stop, we can. (laughs) And I watched the clip. There's more to it. There's obviously more context around it, but that's what he said to her in the clip. So it sounds like they had just finished. He didn't go very long (laughs) and and he's telling her this and she doesn't seem to have a problem. (laughs) Like, yeah. I mean, whatever floats your boat, Alyssa, but have at it with your 10-second man. I don't know what else to tell you, but just a funny clip, and clearly they don't care. They obviously know they're having sex on camera. I don't know if there's other stuff out there that actually caught it because I've seen clips in the past of people clearly under sheets, and you knew exactly what was happening, and it did not leave anything to the imagination. I don't know about Kyle and Alyssa. Like I said, because I hadn't been following, but this was definitely a post-coital conversation that they had, and Kyle said that to her. And I don't know if he was being flippant. It was just kind of making fun of himself, and it wasn't really actually like exactly 10 seconds, or if he just, I don't know. 
But if anybody knows more about this clip, please let me know because I don't want to follow the live feeds. And if it has anything to do with spoilers, don't tell me. But if you're aware of this clip or you, if you've seen it or you follow the live feeds, tell me what happened. <laughs> like, was this, is she mad at him or whatever? I don't know. But what I do know is this. Kyle Showmance with Alyssa is going to do him in. He can't win this game because he has to choose. And it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. The announcer said it last night going into the end of at the end of the show. Is Kyle going to choose his lover over the leftovers? And at some point, he's going to have to choose one or the other. If he chooses Alyssa over the leftovers, he's done because the leftovers are going to vote him out. And if he chooses the leftovers over Alyssa, I guess maybe he can talk himself out of it. But it's going to be tough because he's basically going to have to say, yeah, the whole time that I was cozying up to you and sleeping with you, I was keeping a major secret from you and I was always gunning to get you out at some point because you weren't part of our alliance. Maybe she'll just be hurt in the moment, but then get over it and they'll date post-show. I don't know. But he can't win. Neither can she. I just that that showmance is going to do him in. They're not in, they're not even going to end up being the final two because unless she unless she somehow gets into the leftover alliance once they start eating each other, maybe. But right now, I don't see either way either one of them can win. And with tonight being a two-hour live show, is this a double elimination? Is it like known within the people who follow the live feeds that tonight is a double eviction? Or I'm just making the assumption a two-hour show has got to have two evictions in it because what else are they going to do for two hours? So uh, I, I really do think, though, not even knowing who goes home tonight yet and not even knowing who, if Kyle used the power of veto, and if he did, who did Taylor replace that person with, not even knowing any of that stuff and obviously not even knowing the live HOH that we're probably going to witness tonight, I think the two people that are going home in tonight's episode are going to be from the group of four of Terrence, Jasmine, Alyssa, or Indy. Two of those four are going home. Even if one of them wins HOH, there's so many people on the leftovers that can win power of veto and take one of them off. I, I, I don't, I don't see how the next two people gone are from that group of four. So without any further ado, let's get going. Podcast number 300. All right, here she is. Let's bring her in. Uh, she is a television critic at entertainment weekly dot com ew.com it is Kristen baldwin Kristen, thanks for coming on oh thanks for having me how are you i'm good um i wanted to start we're gonna we're gonna start with some uh, obviously some bachelorette stuff since um sure. that's your coverage and i think you know last night as we record this on tuesday mm-hmm. last night you, you know you you had sent out a tweet which i thought was really interesting <laughs> with which was a picture of of two buttons of and right. somebody's hand about to push one of the buttons and one of the buttons said wanting Nate as the bachelor and the other button said uh mad at Nate for dating two women at once and i and i honestly think that there cuz there's two different audiences when it comes to this show and it's almost like kind of the big brother what are the what are the big brother people who watch the show and don't watch the live feeds called aren't they called the casuals or something like that or oh yeah you know it's interesting i don't know if there's yeah i don't know if there's an equivalent for 
Bachelor Nation in terms of a name, right? Yeah, I, there isn't a name, but there are two different audiences because I see it 100%. all the time. There is there is the audience that follows along with all the Instagram accounts and follows me and is all aware of the background of contestants that people have dug up. And right. then and then there's the people that just watch every Monday night and turn their brain off until the next Monday night and don't follow anything. So that's why I, I do think that there are people, the people that do know the story about Nate's background, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on Nate because it's already out yeah. there. It's like, all right, we, we know what the situation is. I think moving forward now we can talk about once the story was released last week and then seeing what we did last night, I I wrote it today, and I think there's a lot of evidence to back up that they want Nate as the next Bachelor. Well, yeah, and I mean, certainly they are always aware of what's coming out, you know, and what's been reported. And just to go back to one of your previous points, I will say that when I tweeted that, like, most people, I was expecting some people to be like, wait, what did Nate do? But, like, nobody really replied back at me to say that, so it seemed like most people knew what I was referring to. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, the replies back I got were like, I still want Nate as the bachelor. So, yeah. so although there were a couple, you know, who, who said no, but I, I would imagine if that's the direction they're leaning, uh, you know, producers and, and the network and everything, I don't know that this is going to totally derail that. It seems like there's definitely still you know, people were really sad about his breakup with Gabby and, you know, uh, I thought he seemed genuine. I don't know. I mean, it's really, you know, can two things be true? Yes. Could he have been like dating two women at once and not telling, you know, telling them both he was exclusive? Could he have done that? And then could he actually like, and have feelings for Gabby? Yes. Those things could be true, you know, and I thought he seemed genuine. We've seen some people, who are really bad at acting on this show and who can't, you know, who you can tell from the get go that they're just there for the screen time. He did not strike me that way. That doesn't mean that's, you know, not what was happening here, but that's a long way of saying, yeah, I feel like they're probably still, if he's in consideration, I don't think the news has, has taken him out of consideration. Yeah, no, I don't think it has at all. And nor was the news put out there. So it would derail it. It was right, just, right. Hey, this That's, is, yeah, this is what these women wanted to share about their experience with him. And, you know, I think what's interesting is you kind of have to look at last night's episode is just look at that episode without knowing the news that was reported last week. If yeah. nobody knew any of that, everybody watching last night would have said, oh, wow, that's if that's not a um, Bachelor audition video, you know, or, hey, that has Next Bachelor written all over it. I don't know what it right. is, because it right. certainly was a a a send off to where they didn't even have a date. The whole point was the Abby was going to go and eliminate him because she just isn't ready to be a stepmom, which is perfectly fine. But then it was another five minutes of her well, crying I, and him, you know, saying back to I her, you're the best you and something. all that. I want to say, I can't say, tell you how I know this, but I know that they did in fact have a date planned. So, um, and I trust my source. So I think, you know, Gabby just made the choice that she couldn't go through with the date, but yeah, it was a long, sad breakup. It was like very emotional. And I mean, the, the producers can't tell Nate how to react. And I thought he reacted really well. Like I thought he, he was obviously upset, but he also was so, I thought very sweet to Gabby about, um, you know, 
her like the fact that she's saying I'm afraid I'm going to be a bad mom and you know he he was very sweet and supportive to her while dealing with his own disappointment so yeah I mean he whether it was an audition or not like even just what happened and the way he responded was its own kind of you know quote-unquote Emmy clip right (laughs) like that's he really he helped sell himself as a potential bachelor in in that moment yeah I think it was it's certainly there and I think there's there's a lot of things that that point to it and I and I brought them up today I think there's four major points that say that they're really leaning towards this guy regardless Mm -hmm. of the story one was the edit last night two Mm -hmm. was Fleiss's incessant tweets last week after the story broke I, I, this guy's never acknowledged me in his life. And then to literally take a story that I posted and just go to town and say that everybody's looking into this and don't believe it. It's just like, okay, well, I mean, that's great, but they wouldn't do that if he wasn't in consideration as their next guy, they would just not even address it. And then the third thing being, um, uh, I do know I, I have video of Nate this past Friday after the mental all taping at uh, Disneyland with his daughter getting the full tour. And for oh. anybody that doesn't know this, a tour at Disneyland um, costs thousands of thousands of dollars for the average fan to get a VIP tour. And right. if he's getting that on the show's dime in speaking with former contestants, that is something that is kind of relegated for leads of this show. Yeah. So yeah. that certainly helps. And then I think, um, Next week, no, the the week after hometown dates, the men tell all he's going to get an, another glorify a, a very positive edit because Gabby, because they do address uh, the story. Uh, Gabby shoots it down or not shoots it down, but she says, you know, Nate was nothing but good to me. And all the guys uh, back Nate and say what a great guy he was like. That's four major things that right. the show doesn't care about the story. They don't. Let's face it. And I mean, maybe that's OK. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Certainly, like, I'm sure there were plenty of bachelors had, you know, you've been around, had social media been as prevalent as it was in the first, you know, 10 years of this franchise yeah. or 15 years even that we would have found, you know, similar stories or or some kind of unflattering story about almost every bachelor out there or and bachelorette probably. But and I'm not saying that, you know, what he did or what he did was right i don't think it was but i also think like it's unlikely that we've ever had like a purely squeaky clean bachelor and uh we certainly have some who reveal themselves after the fact to be total assholes so um so for me it's like I really do feel like you joked about how people would be pushing both buttons at once, you know, like being mad at Nate and wanting him for the next bachelor. That's me. I'm pushing yeah. both buttons. You know, I, I feel like this is an ultimate, you know, my head says, Ugh, we shouldn't reward that. My heart says, but I love him. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of these things where, yeah, you know, look, I don't, I didn't put the story out to derail any chances of him. And if they made him the bachelor, I would, it wouldn't be a big deal to me. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I would make, I'm sure in my recaps, I'd make a lot of Kelsey and Larie jokes and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and, and Valentine's day jokes about which, yeah. which girl's going to get which flower bouquet. But that's, yeah. that's it in terms of what I would do about it. And right, I think right. it's just more funny. And yeah, we have had bachelors hell in recent memory. Someone like, I mean, cause 
this story about Nate is basically just, hey, it's the guy has F-boy behavior in the past, but you wouldn't know it based mm-hmm. on this edit that he's getting. We've had yeah. plenty of bachelors with F-boy behavior in the past. Pilot Pete, I mean, he was a mess. Ugh. You know, he yeah. was almost being, uh, you know, talking about his sexual, the, the sexual exploits that were brought up on the show. And then afterwards, um, he almost derailed his own season to leave with Hannah Brown. Like, yeah. Nate wouldn't be the worst person in the lead. I mean, let's face it. Certainly. It's just, Certainly. it's just another guy that's just like, okay, well, it, yeah, like I said, like, it's, it's this isn't like, anything to really yeah. kill any chances. You know, young man uh, engages in questionably, you know, sort of uh, dishonest behavior, colon, news at 11. Like, it's just not that surprising. And I don't think, you know, I don't think what he did rises to the level of, of disqualifying him. Um, so it probably wouldn't. And, and, you know, who knows, though? We're, how many, there are, what, eight guys left, seven guys left? Like, I yeah, suppose seven, there could yeah. be somebody somebody else who emerges as a, you know, fan favorite. You know, like, they were going to, you know, just like having both Gabby and Rachel, I think it wasn't it originally just supposed to be Rachel, and then people loved Gabby so much from the, uh, finale that you know they made the decision to do both. I don't know. That was just like gossip. Uh, yeah, I, you I actually, quoted that. <laughs> no, I I actually never heard that because I didn't know what they were going with until Jesse on the after the final rose made that hint that it was. Yeah, it's not Gabby. It's not Rachel. Then I knew it was going to be both. Um, I, was, I saw people. I feel like I saw people like speculating that online huh. and like that. You know, and maybe so. Like what I'm. What it, the point is that I think it's possible somebody could emerge in the final couple episodes that, you know, overshadows Nate. Who knows? Yeah. And we don't know because they, this is a, this is one of their secrets that they're usually pretty good at. I've been able to spoil, you know, a few of the bachelor or bachelorette announcements, but not all because it's one that they can keep close to the vest because it's not pre taped. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's something to where we know that they tell multiple people that you're the lead, that you've gotten the gig multiple people sign contracts for that particular job and then they just say oh we're giving it to you and they already had their contract signed so that's why they can get right into filming and stuff like that so it is possible that somebody else gets it but if you were to ask me right now on august 16th i think it's nate i think it's he's gonna get it and you know i i i agree with you so we'll it'll be interesting to see and and like you said you know how how they address it and what is said at men tell all you know, that will certainly, that will certainly factor in, I would think, you know, if people yeah. are just like, boo, he's the worst, <laughs> you know, then fine. But I just, I, I would be surprised if that happened. And here, here's my final thing on Nate. And this is, and this was my whole thing when Kelsey first came to me with the story and when it was first brought up to me, like I said, I never believed it. I was just like, there's no way, there's no way you can date somebody for a year and a half. And he does not mention he has a kid. Like, I don't, the two timing stuff sucks, and it sucks for both Kelsey and Larie. But I'm I I have yet to find somebody give me an actual good answer as to why you can't bring it up because everybody's answer seems to turn into well he's protective of his daughter and you know people are different. No, that this has nothing to do with protectiveness over your kids because that turns into when you introduce your kids to a new person right. you're dating. Right, right. To not even mention, I, there's no explanation. And that's what I'm so curious about. And I know they ask him about it on the Men Tell All, and he goes into the protecting my daughter thing. I had a messy divorce. And it's just like, that's, I'm sorry, that's not answering the question. 
They, I mean, you we, told you a girl know. on Hinge that you knew for a month you had a daughter, but a girl that you met her parents, went to her cottage, showered her on Valentine's Day. How do you not even mention? Like, you're a mother. You have children. If you were to ever get divorced, God forbid, and you started <laughs> get going on the dating world again, and you you know you're going out on dates, whether it's a dating app or whatever, you meet a guy. There's no way, Kristen, that you would never bring up the fact that you have children. No way. I mean, I I agree with you, but I also think it's possible, Steve, that there's some information here that we don't know, whether it's, you know, what in fact was messy about his divorce, whether there were, you know, potential. <laughs> Let's not get like, into that. <laughs> yeah. Like whether there were, you know, whether he was worried about custody issues, who knows? Who knows? We can't claim that we know it all. I agree with you. I can't think of a. I can't conceive of a good reason, you know, because his behavior is inconsistent other than, you know, people are messy. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's, I'm just so curious. I really want to know, know why know. he couldn't have said it, you know? And that's yeah, yeah. because if he didn't say it to every, if, it, if it's a, if it's a thing where he didn't say it to anybody right. he ever dated, it right. would make more right. sense. But to say no, it to it, a girl in, yeah. in Atlanta that, uh, she knew within a month it's just like okay that okay now i'm even more that when i heard that and he told Lori, i was like well now i'm even more confused yeah no it yeah, definitely so. does not make sense but i'm sure for whatever reason it made sense to him and that may <laughs> kind of be all that matters in that case but yeah. perhaps he will explain it yeah i, I gotta believe that i mean if he's if he's not the bachelor or if he is going to be the bachelor he might be not be making the podcast rounds now that he's off the show like everybody else usually oh, does so there's yeah. that to look out for because he's gonna yeah, get he's normally, gonna get asked it he, yeah he normally you're right we normally get like eight thousand emails or i do at least like clickbait pod and like all the different bachelor podcasts and yeah. yeah you're right it's always the person oh god and especially someone especially someone as as popular as Nate is oh 100% with the fan base like you would think like oh he was eliminated last night okay he's going to be on clickbait or he's going to be on bachelor happy yeah, hour yeah, yeah. and you know we'll see i mean maybe it's coming i don't know but all right let's move on from Nate and um this two bachelorette season it's kind of like um because i my take was i'm fine with the two bachelorettes if you added more episodes or added more hours to the show. They kept the same yeah. exact show and, yeah. and crammed two bachelorettes in and we're getting half of what we would get on a normal season. I mean, it's really it, what it's, it's turned so, into. It really has. And it's funny. And I think we all kind of had the same reaction of like, wait a minute, hometowns are next week. I feel like we don't know really anything about any of these women or any of these relationships with these women. And you're right. It's because we're only getting half as much. And so much of it was spent in the beginning, you know, with the drama between who's, you know, who's going to pick which woman and blah, 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 blah. And will they fall for the same guy? I, I would imagine, you know, that if they did this type of season again, and I don't know that they ever will, but if they did, maybe they would make it a 15 or 18 episode season or something just to give it a little more time to breathe. Obviously, uh, you know, the show fills a very specific spot in in ABC schedule and so it's not super easy to change the to change the episode uh number um but I I would think you're right because it does it feels I it, I it feels like a time warp I'm like how is it already what is happening like I feel like I I really don't know who 
I guess I feel like Rachel and Zach have the closest thing to a possible relationship out of all of them just because I feel like we've seen them together a little bit more because he's had two one-on-ones and then with Gabby it's like without Nate there I don't even know I mean I know she likes Johnny I like Johnny he seems nice but I don't know (laughs) I just it does it feels I feel very unmoored by the fact that we're already getting to the families yeah and the three guys that Gabby has left, Johnny, Eric, and and Jason, have, all of them have only gotten one one-on-one each. Yeah. With Rachel, Tyler hasn't even had a one-on-one date, <laughs> but Avon, Avon, Zach, and Tino have. So we got somebody making Final Four who hasn't had a one-on-one. Um, which, which is nuts. Yeah, it's rare. It's it's definitely rare. It's happened, but it's rare. Um, yeah. I just so yeah, it's just. It's almost like the show is already, you know, basically speed dating on crack. And now yeah. it's almost double that because of the schedule of the show and nothing changed. And, you know, I remember when the After the Final Rose for Clayton season happened and Jesse made the announcement that we were going to have double bachelorettes. I remember going on a live show that night saying like, yeah, how is this going to work? I yeah. There was rumblings that, you know. ABC was going to go to Monday, Tuesday and Rachel's season would be airing on Monday and Gabby's would be Tuesday. I'm like, uh, I don't think that would be the yeah. case because they yeah. have a set schedule and stuff like that. But, and then when I heard about a cruise, I'm like, okay, uh, that's fine. Different. But overall yeah. it's basically just been the same exact thing they've always done, but with two leads, which just cuts everybody's time in half. And next week's episode, I was before they announced next week's episode was Hometowns, I thought maybe they were going to double up on Hometowns because a normal episode of Hometowns is one one lead, one lead and four Hometowns. Now we've got two leads and seven Hometowns in in a two-hour episode. I will have to say, normally the Hometowns episode, there's so much filler that I'm glad we will not have to deal with the like, okay, let's go, you know, walk around my quaint hometown and, and, you know, go shopping and that you know like there won't they'll get right to the point with each one you know they'll yeah. meet have a have that who who am i going to be meeting today conversation and then get right to the house so yeah. i i appreciate that but yeah i do um i guess for each woman though well you're right because in the until they divided into teams they were sharing these time with these guys so they didn't really get but they got they each got the same number of dates, right? Because like well, it depends what they you... had a, no because you're counting the group date, right? With the both women, right? If you like it, in terms of individual dates, whether it was a bachelorette with one guy or a bachelorette with a group, they didn't get as many as a typical bachelorette would get, right? Because, Correct. You would yeah. on a normal season, and let's just mm-hmm. let's just start at when travel starts, which is either one mm-hmm. at one U.S. city and then three overseas. Right. That's oh. The second they leave the mansion, it's always one, uh, two one-on-ones and a group date, mm-hmm, or one one-on-one, mm-hmm. a two-on-one, and a group date. But they've kind of really gotten rid of the two-on-ones. So right, right. You add those, and that's four episodes of that. So that's eight one-on-ones that you do post mansion. When yeah. you're at the mansion, it's one one-on-one and two group dates. So that's ten one-on-ones you would get in a normal season of one lead. This right. one, they've had five. So, I mean, it's just That's crazy. It's it, oh, it's gosh. and it's because it's, you know, it's because it's cut in half and it just is. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. And I don't you know, I we're at where we're at and 
we're at hometowns, and Gabby has had one one on one with uh, with Eric, one one on one with Jason, and one one on one with with Johnny. And then obviously you get yeah. your time with them on the group dates. But yeah, in in terms of past seasons, just like everything else, it's been cut in half. You would usually get ten one on ones before your hometowns. Overall, now they've each had five, which yeah. you know ten total, but <laughs> you had two leads, so you split it I in mean, half. I- I think it'll, you know, we we never know because remember, uh, Paradise is super super accelerated, and that actually almost has a better track record in terms of yeah. marriages and couples that stay together. So maybe the faster, you know, speed dating on crack and cocaine um, <laughs> will will actually result in relationships that last because it seems to be the case with Paradise. Um, yeah, but it is definitely interesting. I, I just don't have a sense of who Gabby really likes at this point. So yeah. Rachel, I feel like, she, and and I say this from as a from a place of love. Like I feel like she's she's kind of going to be happy with anyone who gives her the type, time of day, just because she seems so sort of doubting of her own worthiness of love. You know, like she just seems to really be so insecure that like i think she'd probably be happy with zach i think she'd be happy with tyler you know so who who can say but um uh gabby i'm i'm less i'm less sure yeah it's kind of a uh conundrum here of i i just don't think we're gonna see this again uh in terms of two leads everyone thought oh we got two bachelorettes so we're gonna get two men for the next bachelor no you're not it's no. not. Oh my god! I don't think I this would... is ever going to happen again, honestly. And that's okay. I'm just glad that they tried something different. You know, like I just think it's, um, I think it's good for the show uh, to be a little bit more shaking up their their format. I mean, as you said, the format they didn't really change it that much, but I think the change of having two bachelorettes was enough of a. Uh, of an up you know sort of an upheaval for you to say like okay they're not completely rigid (laughs) yeah i guess um the other thing about monday night's episode that was kind of a head scratcher was Mm -hmm. i don't know if you're much of a conspiracy conspiracy theorist i'm not so and and i don't think this is something we're ever getting an answer to but the logan covid situation was really just weird because if Jesse can tell Gabby, why didn't he just tell the guys unless it was just a, maybe he did tell them, but it was off camera and they did that for dramatic purposes. I don't know, but I don't know either. And I also, I don't know how like nobody else got it. Like I'm real confused about all of it. And, and and it's possible that maybe a crew member did, but they're never going to cover that on the show because we don't know who the crew members are. As long as nobody, none of the leads or the contestants or Jesse got it. I guess right. that's why it's just like, okay. But, yeah, it does seem weird that nobody got it. Now, granted, everybody on that crew and every contestant is um, vaccinated. So yeah. it is possible. We we do know that you can be vaccinated and be next to somebody who has it and not get it. Um, totally. So I guess it's just a – but it's one of these things where why didn't yeah. they tell the guys? I'm just – again, I, I'm scratching really, my head. It is so weird. And I almost wonder if, like – Jesse just kind of forgot. I don't know if he like <laughs> if like went rogue and was just like it's not my news to give or if he just or 
and, and you know like sort of because he seemed a little caught off guard when you know they were like is he okay and he's like oh yeah he's okay so i do i i think probably and this is just a guess that they told jesse to just tell them it was a quote-unquote situation just to kind of fuck with them the, the boys <laughs> you know and like just to you know just to see if it would if it could give him you know a little more juice uh in terms of like creating drama um and that's my guess i but yeah it's a really good question because it does it it doesn't make sense once again it's the inconsistency just like with nate like they tell gabby and then and it's weird because when gabby came she didn't even say anything you know what i mean like yeah that's why it's so so weird (laughs) maybe they shot it in some order and they had to get his permission to say it to other people you know i just don't know it doesn't make any sense um it could have but... been a situation like the nate stuff like you said you were told there was a date plan it could have been where either jesse did tell the guys or gabby did didn't... tell the guys when the date started and yeah. just didn't air for whatever reason i don't know yeah could be that yeah it could be something could as simple that. as that it and they did that. know yeah yeah <laughs> but but the funny thing is it's something that you kind of it seems like once a year you have your tweet where you're like hey everyone look at the contract that what these people sign up for where it literally says in the contract, you can be lied to, you can be manipulated, you can be embarrassed, you can be told it, things that can, are factually incorrect. And It literally says that they can violate your civil rights. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying that this is a contract that is only, you know, the Bachelor franchise. I'm oh, sure no. any reality TV show contract is equally as, as wide-ranging. But yeah, like, so anybody who who gets off one of these shows and said, you know, like, like Clayton or whoever, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, it just, they didn't treat me. You know, they lied to me about what they, you know, they told me they weren't going to do this and they did it. And it's like, bitch, read the fine print. Like I just, I have no sympathy. And it's, it's, it's a catch 22 for these people because I know when they're approached to do the show or when they go through final casting and they get the casting call, like, Hey, we want you on, the next season, it's just so easy to overlook 25 pages of yes. a lawyer drivel yes. And, yes. and and look back to what has this done for other contestants in the franchise? Oh, I can get a podcast exactly. out of it. Oh, I can yeah. start a YouTube channel. Oh, I can make money on Instagram. They're not thinking ahead. And yeah. unfortunately, for the most, a lot of times, it will bite people in the ass. And it's, it's, it's what you have to deal with. But that contract, frankly, just lays out. They can do anything they want to your character on that show, and you have no legal recourse whatsoever. Period. End of story. And by the way, though, I do think, you know, sure, people are, you know, edited to look foolish or more foolish. But I do I think 99.9% of the time, the people who get the quote-unquote villain edit were acting like assholes. You know, so I, I really, I, I really do not believe that producers take a nice person and and create a villain persona out of whole cloth. I think they work with what the contestants give them. Yeah, I think I think what they do is if you slip up and give them something, they mm-hmm. just magnify it to the hundredth degree. And I yeah. think it's like you gave them something, and maybe it's not as bad as it's coming across on television. Because I tell you, like I I bring this example up all the time because it's so hypocritical of the toxic Bachelor Nation fan base. But I'm sorry if you go back to Katie Thurston's season, Thomas Jacobs was literally despised by everyone that watched that show. They crucified him. Remember when Katie on the rose ceremony brought him up and he thought he was getting a rose and she basically told him off and everyone's like, (laughs) women empowerment, you go, Katie. (laughs) And then three months later, he's dating everyone's favorite, Becca Kufrin. And it's like, 
well, was Thomas really that bad? Like, yeah, yeah, he was because yeah. three months ago you could not stand the guy. And yeah. that's yeah. what I mean. It's like, but Thomas did give them, I, I don't think what Thomas did on the show was all that egregious, but he certainly gave himself gave them, a quote yeah. that made him a quote unquote villain. And, and they ran with it. Uh, oh, oh, he was talking about being the bachelor. Oh, let's, you're done. Yeah. You know, and that's and, what he gave them. Uh, absolutely. And I do think also, you know, as, as viewers, at least for me, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, we don't necessarily, this sounds terrible, but I don't mean it in a terrible way. We don't necessarily look at these people as real people. They're characters. And we're like, and they're characters on a long running soap opera that goes from bachelor to bachelorette to paradise and then starts all over again. And so you know, a villain can redeem himself. Same with a villainess, you know, two people that we never thought would cross paths can fall in love in paradise. So it's easy for viewers also to forget, as you point out, you know, like, oh, okay, I didn't like this guy before, but now I see him with Becca and she's such a sweet woman that, you know, he there must be something good in him. And you're rooting for him, just like, you know, if you're watching Days of Our Lives and one day, you know, a character is a villain and, and, you know, the next arc, he's not. So it's, it's not necessarily like rational or healthy. It's it's definitely how we watch this show. I wanted to move on to, uh, that was some good bachelor talk. I want to move on to big brother. You're definitely watching big brother, right? Oh, you know, I am. Don't I, are you going to spoil anything? for? No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be spoiled on big brother either. I do not know, uh, where are we at? So we know that, um, Taylor won Taylor HOH nominated. and she nominated yeah. um, Indy and, and Terrence. And that's, and so I'm one yes. of those people that last season and the past couple seasons. Yeah. I followed along on Twitter and I would, ch- I, I would follow the recaps of what was happening on the live feeds this season. Haven't done it once. Have yeah. I been spoiled because Instagram's algorithm sucks? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen some stuff in the past, but as in terms of this week, no, I don't know what's happened after Sunday. Now, granted, this is going to air on Thursday, so we'll know by the time this airs who got who Taylor or it, who won Power Veto and who they put up right, and whatever. Right, but right. from where we're at now, no, I don't know anything more than you. But overall, so you're not a live feed follower, right? No, I, you know, I turned it on once and then it was so boring. And like, I've turned it on here and there in the past, but this season I turned it on once. It was super boring. And the thing is, I don't want to be spoiled. So I don't, you yeah. know, I know I could have turned it on when they were doing the wall um, head of household competi- competition. I just didn't want to know. And so, uh, but sometimes like when I see names trending, you know, like yeah. right now, Taylor and Joseph is trending or whatever. Uh, I might go and start looking at some of the tweets, but then I, I generally try to avoid it's hard. It's like a fight I have with myself. Yeah, do, I don't like, I don't want to know for this show. Yeah, I, I really don't. Yeah. And that makes me, you know, it definitely makes me less uh, involved and definitely makes sure. me less informed because it was almost after the fact where I found out about all the Taylor bullying early in the season because yeah, the show showed some of it and they showed the Daniel blow up on her, which was totally out Ridiculous. of line and totally God, so out yeah. of left field about. So we get so upset over something kind of minute. But, um, but then when I started reading, I was like, oh, this, this stems from literally day one or day two in the house. The women just did not like the fact that she was a pageant girl. And I was like, wow, they were, they were after her early on because she had a pageant history, which 
which is fine. Like, it's one thing to not like somebody in the house. It's impossible for 16 people to be put in a house for three months and everybody's going to get along. You're just not going right. to mesh with people. But right. to to hate on Taylor and to say some of the things that were being said that were caught on the live feeds about somebody that you just don't vibe with, if she's hanging out with the guys, that's great. You just don't have to, you know, just don't make her part of your yeah. alliance or whatever. But there was some nasty, nasty shit being said about her that just was totally yeah. uncalled for for other for someone that just seemed to not get along with women, something she readily admitted that she's a very tough cookie to crack and it takes her a while to open up to people. It's yeah. just, it was really weird. But, um, so just in, curious, we don't know future stuff and who's going to win future HOHs and whatever. I think that there's three people right now who could, I think there's only three people right now who could win this game. Obviously stuff could change and somebody could go on a big HOH run and build them a resume. But I have three people in mind right now that I think if they were sitting there would garner a majority of the votes. Um, but I'm curious, who do you have, who do you think could win this game right now? And do you have more than one person? I mean, I feel like, I feel like everyone knows everyone has Monty on in their sights as somebody that they need to get out. So I, he's somebody that I think could win if he can escape that. That's one. Um, It's definitely one of mine. Yeah. And Michael, for sure. sure. I think is smart (laughs) enough. I wonder about Turner um, because I mean, I don't like, I'm stressed to even think that he could win because I, I do believe his sister when she said all those things about him before the season started. Yeah. But um, I feel like he's under the radar enough that he could emerge at the end and kind of have a streak. I don't know. I don't really see any of the women, frankly, simply because I think like Jasmine's useless. I don't think Brittany <laughs> really has it. What's her face is to what's her face with Kyle. Like I think Kyle and I Alyssa. think the showman's is yeah, the showman's is gonna implode or somebody's gonna separate them. I don't know, maybe Joseph. I don't know. My, what my, do you think? My three were Monty Michael and now after Taylor won HOH, I think she's set up to where if she gets to the end, I think she's going to garner I think she could win yeah. enough votes. Now it depends on who she's sitting against. I think if she's I think if Taylor is sitting against either Monty or Michael I don't think she wins, right? But I think if she's sitting there against somebody else because she got rid of Monty and Michael, yeah, she yeah. wins. I think she, I think easily yeah. could win. And and I think if she makes it to the end, presumably everybody. I'm not sure about the jury that what they would know. I guess they'd see what had been. They'd see whatever clips were seen. I don't like. Would the the would the jury be aware of like anybody who leaves from now on? they're not necessarily going to be aware of the allegations of bullying and all of that. Right. Like, because it's only the people who have left prior to now. Um, Dan- so I guess Daniel was the, f- is the first jury member, right? He's the first one. Is he in the jury? Yeah. I believe he's the first one. Oh yeah. So everyone before him, you know, pooch and, uh, Paloma, yeah. they're not, yeah. yeah, they're not, they're not jury. So, so yeah, it's, it's 16 possible. people, 16 people yeah. start the show. Four don't make the jury Two sit in the final chair and there's 10 jury members. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. So Daniel so is then, first. So jury. it's possible if he, if he was, you know, if Taylor's at the end, Daniel could theoretically 
because he's already had to answer for some of his behavior. And he, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the jury house, he was like, hey, guys, you know, a lot of us were taking heat from the audience for how we treated Taylor, just FYI, because nobody wants to come out of that big brother house and have all the questions be like, okay, but why were you bullying the dark skinned black girl? You know, like, that's just not a great look. Like, and that was the look they're getting. So he, if he was, if he, you know, spread that to the jury, it's possible that could also work in her favor. Yeah. And I think maybe he tries to course correct himself by like, Uh you know, Oh yeah, you're accusing me of bullying. I voted for, you know, it's not going to erase what you did, but he might do it to try and look good in the eye of the public. A hundred percent. I think it's interesting. I think this season is, you know, I, I'm still new. I only started on season 21 of big brother. Um, (laughs) I, but I, I do enjoy the show and I, um, I was a live feed follower, but not the actual, I don't have time to sit there and watch the videos. I'll let the people who do have the time to sit up from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. and just recap it for me. And I'll just read what they say. That's okay. Me too. I used to do that. Yeah. Props to them, but I just decided I don't want to read because um, I don't want to know who wins stuff. I, I want to be surprised. Yeah. Um, I accidentally, a reader of mine actually told me about Taylor winning the Michael winning power veto with Brittany on the last festy bestie challenge. I actually, uh, that's what I got spoiled for me on, on Instagram's algorithm. They were just <laughs> like, Hey, accounts you'd like to follow. And it's a giant picture of Michael and it BB spoilers is the name of the account. And it's oh, like, Michael no. and Brittany just won POV. I'm like, literally first sentence. Like you couldn't hide it in the caption. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, well, no, it's your own medicine there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So here's the, here's the spoiler guy complaining about spoilers, but <laughs> I've always said the bachelor, bachelorette and bachelor in paradise is the only thing in my life that I care to spoil. Nothing yeah. else in my life. I don't read the end yeah. of books. I don't want to know what happens at the end of a movie before I go to it. I don't want spoilers for anything else in my life, including Cobra Kai season five, which oh tra- my God. okay. So season five of uh Cobra Kai trailer dropped today and yes. um, we're recording this on Tuesday. So I've already watched it three times and trying to see <laughs> if I could find any clues of anything. And I, I don't know if there's any major clues. We kind of know just by, um, casting announcements over the last couple months that there is yeah. an Asian woman that Terry Silver brings in to be part of Cobra Kai. We know that my boy Sean Kanan is now coming back. Karate's bad yes. boy Mike Barnes is back this season in some role, which I was disappointed. He was not included in the trailer, so I still don't even know what his role is. I'm assuming it's to help Terry, but we'll see. Here's my thing, and and this is so weird because obviously I'm such a karate kid slash Cobra Kai geek out right. uh, when it comes to this show. I love it. I, I've watched every season. I'll be watching season five. Well, I don't want the morning. When I, 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 I now. I, I unfortunately, I'm going to be in Vegas again the night the day it's released. So, <laughs> and I'm going to be with a group of people, and we have plans. And I just the, the time when it came out this year, the morning of the 31st, I didn't have anything going on that day, so I was able to watch it. Um, yeah, this one, yeah. I'm not going to be able to watch till probably the 13th or the 14th. So I'm going to have to really. I'm going to have to unfollow uh, the the creators that I follow. I'm going to have to unfollow everybody uh, or at least mute so them on Twitter. So yeah. yeah, because I'm going to wa- not going to be able to watch it for about five days. But, okay, so here's my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so weird. I love the show. I love everything about it. But do you, do you know what the biggest 
and I don't want to say it's a major problem, but the biggest, the, the one thing that I like the least about this show, all four seasons, versus, um, I guess, the original movies is the karate. Yeah. I don't think the karate is, I think it's, and I, and I get all these kids were taught karate, but right. when I watch their matches, it just seems like I'm watching a script of a karate match where it's like, okay, right punch, left block, left block. And, right. and the right. other thing I don't like about the karate in this show is the slow-mo. And granted, there was not a lot, you know, in the, in the 80s when the movies came out. Yeah. It wasn't a thing, but... Watching the Karate Kid and watching the first match of, you know, the first finals match between Daniel and Johnny, there's no slow-mo. It's just a karate match straight yeah. through. Obviously, editing is done. And these matches are so over the top with their fighting. It's like the least, it's the thing I like least about the show. And then, again, when I watched season four uh, recently over again, I just think it's weird. Go watch some of the final matches uh, at that final All-Valley tournament. Like during the middle of the match, Sam will just run over to her dad and and Johnny and say, without calling any sort of timeout, it's like Tori gets a punt, a point on her and she runs over to her coaches and like, I don't know what to do. They're using Miyagi Do against me. I'm like, wait, this is what is going on here? You don't just run over to your coach in the middle of a match and say, right, I don't know what right. to do. Yeah, that's my biggest yeah. that's my biggest pet peeve with this show is I don't think the karate is all that good and I don't well, I don't care for you it. Know, I actually I that's interesting that you say that. I mean, I'm not, I've had other friends, male friends specifically like sort of critique the karate and say like, Oh, I, you know, I don't think Ralph Macchio's karate is very convincing or whatever. And I, I guess I will say I'm more interested in like, when you think back to like the brawl at the high school, you know, and like, that was a great eight minute, you know, just kick ass, uh, uh, sequence and I love the long brawl at the, uh, at the you know on Christmas Day at the LaRusso's house so I think because we've been uh, you know this last season was focused on on the tournament yeah I mean I, I think the, the the more sort of quote-unquote impromptu or street fighting you know where they're just beating the crap out of each other in some random location tends to be more interesting to me yeah I agree. um you know, I we see in the trailer there's some kind of like dust up at the pool, dust up at the pool. But then you also see uh, Miguel and Robbie look to be like trying to beat the crap out of each other at the apartment complex. At the apartment, so, yeah. yeah, so there may be, but yeah, I do, I do wonder if the focus on tournament uh, last season did kind of dull the excitement but on the other hand i i don't even know what i what to look for, <laughs> for the karate. You know, I'm yeah just it just like, looks like karate to me yeah you it know? just seems almost it's it seems too rehearsed like when they when they set up uh you know tori versus sam i get that they have to rehearse their scenes and i get they have to rehearse karate and practice karate but when i watch it play out on the screen it just seems so it, there's nothing you you watch the fight scene of tori and sam or hawk against Robbie or whoever it may be, just go back to the first movie or even the yeah. second movie with Daniel against chosen. It, there's no, there's no jump stops in the editing. There's no slow-mo. Yeah. It's just a regular karate fight with no stopping and starting and, and slow-mo and somebody up in the air kicking. And then it's just right. Right. Just you know? like, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be that 
sort of over the top. Um, well, you know, if I'm, I'm possibly interviewing the creators uh, at some point, you know, ahead of, or for a postmortem. So if you like, I can pass that feedback along. I, Hey, I, anything that you can pass <laughs> along. Hell, I want that. I want to interview them. I want to talk to them. I want like, trust me, if you don't think I've slid into the DMS of people from this franchise asking for interviews, you'd be mistaken. <laughs> I want them on my podcast. I, I don't yeah. necessarily need to talk to the actors or actresses, but I'd love to talk to Hayden Schlossberg and Josh yeah. Heald and uh, what's the other one, Hurwitz? Um, yeah, John Hurwitz. John Hurwitz. I wouldn't say Brian. Um, but yeah, those three, I would love to have one of them on just because of my love for the show that goes back to the 80s because they've they've done something to where this show for me and probably a lot of people my age is very nostalgic. And yeah. And I, you know, I was so against for years. There was always rumblings that, oh, are we going to do a another Karate Kid or or whatever? I wasn't yeah. I wasn't a fan of the reboot with Jackie Chan and and Jaden Smith. I was like, okay, whatever. But then when I heard a show, I'm like, a, a really a, a, an episodic I mean, show? How is this going to work? And it's right. worked I mean, great <laughs> on on paper. It seemed like the worst idea possible. Yeah. And I remember thinking that and I remember getting the screeners for when it was on YouTube and being like all right I'm just gonna uh, here we go you know and like by episode four of the first season I'm like crying you know <laughs> and I was like super into it and so yeah I mean what they did was really uh special and not something that uh you know most revivals slash reboots slash continuations slash sequels they fail you know because they just they can't recapture the magic but this one has managed to to do that so yeah um but and, and they know, failed I, I saying about the karate they failed and other shows like you said reboots and stuff like this have failed and this is you know we're on season five i you know i don't know what the future holds for this franchise but it seems like i don't know this story doesn't end in five but who knows i mean i, I don't know where yeah. it's going to go and it seems like even if the if even if the idea of Cobra Kai this series with the current characters dies, they could easily do some sort of spinoff to where oh, Cobra 100%. Kai continues with, and they just focus on, you know, um, yeah. Sam or something or the kids or whatever the case may be. I don't exactly. know how long the yeah. the Daniel Johnny Silver Crease how long that goes on. Right. Although, right. for the old school people, those are the people that I find the most interesting. I think. I think Thomas Ian Griffith in season four deserved a fucking Emmy because I thought he stole the show for how good he was for a guy who literally, for people that don't know this, the first movie he ever did was Karate Kid 3. He was never even, the first movie he ever did. And can you honestly name anything he did since then? No. And he basically been out of acting, I think. Yeah, he ended up becoming a writer. Yeah, he was a successful writer, he and his wife. And they wrote, you know, I think he worked on... um, what was that show with the oh crap? He worked on a uh, an NBC drama, Grimm, I think, for a long time. Yes. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and he and his wife wrote several, you know, shows and movies and stuff like that. So, but yeah, this is, I love that he's back into acting uh, with this character. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because, you know, Karate Kid 3, when it came out, was panned by all the critics. It, because it's terrible. It was the worst. And it, it was funny when they bring him in in season four. And they even kind of make an acknowledgement to the fact that, I mean, his line in season four was, I was, I was, you know, hopped up on cocaine or something like that in the eighties and stuff like that. Cause he was such a, yeah, he was like, I spent, you know, I spent 
I was obsessed with terrorizing a teenager over a local karate tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was great that they acknowledged that, yeah. basically admitting, yeah. yeah, we totally screwed up that movie. But the fact that that movie sucks so bad, yet they took one of the main characters out of it and made him a focal point to where, oh, wow, this is actually yeah. good in season four. And he's excellent at what he does and playing this just this smarmy karate yeah. former karate instructor who gets dragged back in who's got a axe to and grind really, with crease it's awesome and they did yeah they didn't even have to really you know mess with the canon because in karate kid 3 he was crease's buddy you know yeah. and his you know who had the money to fund you know their their dojo and uh yeah so they just were able to expand on what was already in the canon which i think was uh, very smart I think one of the funniest things about this, and maybe I should have uh, looked this up before. I, I've looked it up in the past, but I'm trying to remember. I don't want to get it. Um, I don't want to get it wrong. So let me pull up something uh, real quick here. Hang on. Uh, hang mm-hmm. on. It's 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 my funny. One of my funniest things from uh, just the idea of um, this show and and casting Thomas Ian Griffith and or Thomas Ian Griffith, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he in real life is 60 years old and Ralph Macchio is also 60 years old. Like they're the same they they are the same age and yet in Karate Kid 3 just right. watching it you just kind of just visually in Karate Kid yeah. 3 Thomas Ian Griffith uh Terry Silver looks 10 12 years older than Daniel. Yeah. For and yet sure. they're the same age in real life. In fact, um Thomas is he was born in March of 62. And Ralph was born in November of 61. So Ralph Macchio is actually older by five months. Incredible. He's actually older than, and he doesn't, you know, yeah. obviously he looks it. And now Thomas is, you know, graying and whatnot. But yeah, to take a character like that from the worst movie of the three, even though it kind of grew, um, it kind of became a cult classic as it kind of yeah. went yeah. on because yeah. of its absurdity. Yeah. <laughs> To make that character be like, okay, they're bringing back that dude from three, and then for him to dominate season four like he did, uh, yeah. I thought was awesome. Um, so yeah, and then Absolutely. now we're getting his partner in crime from Karate Kid three joining this season in some capacity. Can't wait for that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I the show is just it's really good. You never thought in a million years this thing would last five seasons. It's probably can easily do more. We'll see at the end of five where, where they're headed or where it's kind of leaning towards. And just the way in each season they've been able to bring back at least one character each season from the past. You know, at the, yeah. end, in, at the end of season one, the last scene, we got Crease. At the end of season two, we got the, um, the tease of Allie coming back. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in season three, we got Chosen and uh, Kumiko and Allie in that season. And then in four, we got Terry Silver. And now in five... We've got Mike Barnes. It's like, I don't know who's I know. left. <laughs> I know. Hillary Swank. Yeah, I guess to... Hillary Swank would be one that they could. I, I can't imagine she would. I mean, even though that is part of the canon, I Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe she know. would. I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe she would. I mean, uh, Have you yeah, seen that one? running out of people. Have you seen that one? I don't know if I've ever seen it from beginning to end, Next Karate Kid. No, 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 no. I have not. Yeah, I, I don't, not. I don't think I've ever seen it from beginning to end, so... If they do do some sort of hint that she's coming in in season six, I need to go back and actually watch I know, me too. I Next Karate to Kid because I wouldn't even know what her storyline was other than I know that she trained under uh, Miyagi and Michael yeah. and Michael Ironside 
the actor Michael Ironside was the bad guy. I think that's all I know about yeah, Next Karate Kid. Same, the same. So yeah, I would have to watch that. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. But yeah, yeah they are running out of people. So <laughs> <laughs> they've got to. They've either got to get a new sort of plan. Or, as you said, maybe start focusing on other characters they can spin off. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's got their favorite characters in terms of the actual contestants. You know, contestants. I'm thinking of Bachelor. Um, Of the actual actors in terms of Miguel or Robbie or Tori or or whatever. Uh, Sam. I mean, they could do a spinoff of one if not multiple of those kids. And then the parents become more of a background and they only appear in like two to three of the 10 episodes. It could be something like that. I, yeah, I, I, I think they could. I think they've done a, a very good job of establishing, you know, both of those worlds. So it wouldn't be that big of a leap for them to just, you know, put one in the foreground. So I just want to end with this. Um, I have a new obsession in the TV world and I never thought I would do this. And I probably have Robert Mills to thank for a lot of it. I'm loving the old game show reboots. I really am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am like, I'm hooked on I, well, this one is NBC, but password. I'm just now granted it could be because I'm currently in a splint and I sit at home all day now and just <laughs> watch TV shows. But just picture me on my recliner foot up, uh, my, and my ankle, uh, raised, elevated, elevated yeah. watching password, yelling out clues and telling people, yeah. how do you not get this? And all this stuff. Yeah. Like, that's me now. Um, but even on ABC, the reboots of, I mean, I'll watch the ones that are batch related or sports related when it comes to celebrity family feud. But, yeah. um, the other one was a uh, hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Again, another one I used to watch all the time me too. with Dick Clark in the eighties. I loved that show. And now watching it again and seeing, you know, the clues that people give out, especially in the bone in the, in the main round, the final round, and trying to think of clues myself, like, ooh, that would have been a good one to give. Or how did you not get that with that clue? Like, I'm so know, obsessed so with these game shows now. You can definitely, you can play along at home, but then when you're actually playing, like, you know, oh, yeah. Taboo or whatever, it's actually impossible to think of the words, you know? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. So, um, no, but it's really fun. And I, um, Press Your Luck, I think is fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I get really, like, emotionally attached to the contestants. You know, they do a good job sort of, like, you know, drawing out their story. And so you're like, yeah, you really want them to win the money. And then you get angry about the whammy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it could, you know, it could just be because we're getting older, Steve. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder if this is just, you know, where life is going for us, but I a hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. Whatever, whatever TV exec was behind rebooting all these props to them, they yeah. deserve a raise, but yeah. you know, pressure luck. I love it because one, I love Elizabeth Banks. I think she's yeah. just awesome, but it's just a show that is literally takes, you know, password, family feud. You have to think about things on that show. Pressure right. luck takes zero skill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Zero skill. Although there was, right? Wasn't there a guy who, like, game, you know, he beat the system once years ago? That was a big famous story. It was like in the 80s. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember that story. But um, that said, yeah, I think he, like, somehow rain manned it and was able to understand the the you know the patterns but yeah it really is just hitting a button that's it i mean yeah and you can't control where you you know you can't control i mean obviously you can control when you stop it 
But yeah. when you stop it, you have no idea what it's stopping on in terms of money or right. money plus a spin or mm-hmm. a trip or a cruise or a, a new. Yeah. It's just it, there's no logic to that game whatsoever. And it's just it's kind of like deal or no deal, because at least in pressure luck, they're giving you the option. OK, you have to use these three spins. And then after those three spins are like, you can walk right now. Yeah. Or you can pressure only, luck. Yeah, that's, that's the, the only, only sort of. And it's not even a skill. It's just the only real challenge is like, do you do you take the money and run or do you, you know, it, it's just the idea of like how much willpower do you have? Exactly. Really? <laughs> and, you're, and usually you're yelling at the TV for people that are coming on the show. We don't know their financial background, but yeah, yeah. If you're coming on the show and you already have banked 75,000 worth of money and prizes, you would think that'd be good enough for some people, but everybody gets greedy. Everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, it's impossible not to it's human nature and that's why the show works yeah. you know like i so it's such a it's such a <laughs> a mindless show that it's so fun to watch though uh, it really but yeah is. password it really is. like this was a perfect example i brought this up on my daily podcast um one of the final questions in the bonus round of password was and it was one of the bottom ones so it was one of the easier ones it was words um that have the letter x in it and i'm just sitting there i'm like well when I was when I was talking about it in my podcast, even though I recorded it, I don't edit my podcasts at all unless there's audio issues. But I was verbally saying, hey, the category was words with X in it. And I was like, yeah, you could have thrown out xylophone, X-ray. And then I'm just completely blanking because when you're under some sort of time constraint, <laughs> I couldn't think of any word. And, I, you know, my my. My daily podcast is I try to keep to 20 minutes. So I was under somewhat of a time constraint. No timer was on me. I wasn't playing a right, game. But right. when I'm put in so the moment. All of a you're like, what's happening? And then you're like, why didn't I? Later, you're like, why didn't I think of except or exception? Or, you know, like, okay, now you're like, embarrassing me because you, you're doing yeah, it on the spot. That's because, <laughs> well, that's because, you know, I'm not under pressure. But yeah. no, uh, it's like I said, with you know, if you're playing taboo or whatever, um, it's often just impossible to think of things that you would think of very easily at any other time. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's the best part about, you know, just watching password and stuff like that. I, the password one is, is, is different only because did you, have you watched the Jimmy Fallon and Kiki Palmer password? I've seen clips of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that seems to be different from the original game is, um, when they give the one, you know, you have to give one word as uh, as your clue. You're allowed to repeat it numerous times. I don't remember that from the original game because one one time the clue was Rocky, and Jimmy was giving out the clues, and he said, and he did it did it in the Rocky voice. He said Adrian, <laughs> but then he said it five times before his partner guessed. He just kept saying it. He's just like Adrian, and he's like making hand gestures. I'm like, I don't think you could continually yeah. pester your pester your uh, playing partner with the same clue over and over again until they gave a guess. But that seems to be the only thing different. I, but I like it. I, I enjoy it. I think Kiki Palmer's pretty good for that show. And yeah, she's um, a hoot, so. yeah. And honestly, can you tell me, I don't know her background. What is she from? Is she from a, I don't know. Where's, what is her, um, where did she come she, from? What show or what franchise or whatever? Well, she's been around a long time. What I remember her from um, was, was it Scream Queens? Was that what I saw her in? That, um, oh, she, so she's an actress. She's not from a, rea- she's not reality based, is she? 
No, no, no. She's an actress. Oh, screen the t- she's an actor. Screen the TV series. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but she's also like she was a Nickelodeon. I want to say she was like a Nickelodeon person. Oh, okay. Um, I'm t- I'm too old to like when she was a kid. It. Like she was on Nickelodeon yeah. shows as a kid. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't. Um, I know the name, and I was like, "But what oh, do I True know her Jackson from?" VP. That was her show, True Jackson VP, which was her Nickelodeon show. And uh, so, and then you know, she just went on to you know, she does also you know acting and uh, and hosting, and you know, she's just mm. obviously kind of you know in music, and she's just kind of a hoop. She can kind of do it all. Yeah, no, she seems to be a jack of all trades, uh, doing a bunch of different things. But yeah, she does a good job on that show, and. I'm enjoying the game show reboots, so I'm glad someone else does yeah. too. Um, oh, anyway, absolutely. Kristen, thank you so much again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Love having you on. And um, well, we have. I'm always happy to talk to you for hours about TV. Yeah, we will. Uh, I am sure <laughs> the week of September 12th, when I finally get around to watching Cobra Kai, I will definitely be texting you my thoughts during yes. that. So okay, be prepared good. for that. that. We will. I will be looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Kristen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on. Really love having her on, especially when we're coming up on Cobra Kai season, season five. Oh, I can't wait. Now, during that podcast, I said I will be in Vegas that week and I was going to wait until after the weekend was over. I just don't think I'm going to be able to control myself. And I'm probably going to do maybe like three episodes a night. I'm going to be there four nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 8th through the 12th of September. So my guess is I will finish it in Vegas. I just am not going to pull an all-nighter. I will do at the end of every night when I wind down, depending on how late those nights are, which is pretty much dependent on how well the tables are doing, determines when I go to bed out there. But I know a lot of you know that I go to Vegas a lot, and I think you might have this misconception of what I do out there. Like if you think I go there and go to clubs and hang out till five in the morning. Um, no, first off, I can't, my body can't take that regardless of if I have a torn Achilles or not this trip, even more so, but I'm just telling you, it's not something that (laughs) I, I, I don't do that. I mean, there are plenty of times and maybe this is embarrassing to admit. I don't care. There's plenty of times I'm in bed and sound asleep by midnight in Vegas. And plenty of times I've been in Vegas by myself. In fact, more often than not, I'm usually in Vegas by myself. This one's a guy's trip, so I'll be there with with some buddies. But, I mean, I it's just it's the way the tables are going. If they're cold, I just go to bed. Sometimes I'll stop off the Grand Lux and eat there and then go to bed. But I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in REM sleep before 1 a.m. in Las Vegas. Probably more than you think. My Vegas trips are not hard partying whatsoever. Even the weekend of my party every June, I don't I don't do much. Um it's it's just I go out there, especially, you know, the guys weekend is different because we're there to gamble and watch football and go to the pool. But when I go out by myself, it's just Pool, massage, gym, gamble, watch games, and eat somewhere nice. So that's really all my trips consist of nowadays. In my 20s, yeah, I would go to the clubs and, you know, try and hook up and all that stuff. But I'm 
47 years old, like kind of moved past that phase of my life. That's not me. I'd like usually uh, to go with somebody. And if I can, I will. But I've been there plenty of times by myself. It's not a big deal. Anyway, um, how did I get on that? Oh, because I'm going to be there when Cobra Kai is released. It comes out on September 9th at midnight of September 9th. So 12.01, the morning of Friday, September 9th. So, yeah, probably watch a few that night. I, it's going to be weird even saying watch a few because I'm going to want to keep continuing, but we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I said during that podcast I'm going to wait. I don't think it's going to happen. I'll watch some at the end of every night and be done with it by the time I leave Las Vegas. So, Kristen, if you're listening to the end of this podcast, just know that um, I've moved my timeline up of when I'm going to watch season five. I hope you uh, I hope you all that are out there that do watch it enjoy it as much as I do. But great conversation with her. Love talking TV with her. Um, we agreed a lot on the on the Nate stuff, and you know, talking Big Brother, which I you know, it's it's getting interesting because I thought the Leftover Alliance was gonna start cracking before this. It seems like we're gonna get through tonight, and the Leftovers are still gonna be those seven are still gonna be the Leftovers. Because it's, th- I think we're getting a double eviction tonight with a two-hour episode. I gotta believe we are, and I gotta believe two of the, I gotta believe the two people that are going home tonight will be from the group of four of Terrence, Indy, Alyssa, and Jasmine. Two of those four, if we have a double eviction tonight, are going home. And I don't even know who you know. This is without even knowing who wins HOH tonight and whatever, and who puts up who. I think it's still coming from those four, because the leftovers have such numbers right now. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thanks to to Kristen for podcast number 300. How about that? Next week, got a former Bachelor lead coming on the show. Interesting stuff. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>